whenever I start to think in terms of am I happy or not happy or whatever, it's always whatever I expect versus what I get, that distance between those two is my level of contentment. I have a tattoo on this side of my arm that says, I hope for nothing. I fear nothing. I am free. How do you get free? If I really don't have grandiose expectations, I can be happy and content with very little. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimzestu with Tyler Weeb. Today, we're going to talk about coping, which at first glance, I think has kind of a negative connotation. When you hear that word, oh, that's just you coping or that's a coping mechanism, we tend to think of it as some kind of a, a distance provision away from something that we don't want. So here's here's something bad. I have to cope. But in truth, it's just it, it's a psychological axiom that we all have to do. We, we all have to cope with adversity in one way or the other. Uh, I would argue, just with my experience or education in psych and soch, that there are better ways to cope than others. Uh, but at the same time, there's also something kind of developmental to that and, and what we really can handle. And the fact that over time, we as a species has, have developed different ways of coping that were necessary, perhaps, for our psychological survival. Um but anyway, when I brought this up to you, Tyler, what, what did you think of initially when you heard that word like, oh, we're going to talk about coping? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I went through kind of what you talked about, the initial thought of, yeah, you, you know, it's typically considered that negative um, connotation where, you know, you hear a lot of, you know, I'm coping with the stress of this or or that and, um beyond that then you kind of start to go okay well then again like you pretty much kind of went through my thought process when you first brought it up is okay well now we're coming to maybe more of the existential coping um and how you know we've created a lot of ways to save ourselves psychologically actually the, the first thing i one of the other first things i thought of and I, I can see it right here was the book the, the denial of death that you know really kind of was one of the things and then <clears throat> and then as you were kind of going through that introduction you know, it, it started to shift to, you know, the positive side of coping and, you know, how it is can be a defense mechanism, you know, for our body that, you know, in ways can be positive and, and how it can protect itself and how it can protect us. And, you know, how you said, you know, with how we cope with adversity, you know, can lead to a, a lot of growth, you know, do we cope in a negative way where, we, you know, whatever, shut down, ignore, you know, move away from whatever that adversity might be, or, you know, do we look at that adversity and go, okay, you know, how can I cope with this in a positive way? And I think, you know, you maybe hear different terminology when people are talking about, you know, how we, you know, can thrive through adversity, can learn a lot of things. I mean, it's, it's a form of coping, but a, 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 the positive way of, of, um, of doing it. So just like anything we kind of, you know, talk about and, and, and seem to like to take to extremes, uh, there's, there's positives and negatives, and it's going to be about context and, and, you know, how much you are able to handle. So, yeah, I, I think both of our thoughts uh, kind of went the same route, you know, when you first brought this up for sure. So one of my favorite bands, Manchester Orchestra, has an album called Cope. 
And looking at it, it's almost a concept album where you, you see kind of a lot of angst. Uh, matter of fact, Andy Hall, the founder of the band, had a side project of his own called Right Away Great Captain. And this was four or five kind of demo uh, laced albums or collections and just painful. Like if, if you, if you need some sad songs, like go to, go to right away, great captain, you know, Andy Hall. And uh, you could see him in his life traversing some of these bad times. And in this album cope, the song cope, there's a couple lyrics I want to read to you. You know, there is a cost, my friends of living, of living out some other dream to find the consequence and et cetera, et cetera. I hope if there's one thing I let go, it is the way we cope. And so the interesting thing is uh, there's even a spiritual song. Like he's he just high, high drama in this very sad song about the little girl who dies. And he talks about this group who's trying to pretend like it's not sad. Like it's probably in a religious context, like, oh, she's just in a better place. And it's like, no, what are you talking about? Like, this is devastating. You should be sad. You should be grieving. And then he wrote another album called Hope, which was re-recording all of those songs in a very somber, beautiful way, almost acoustic. Uh, and so this is a guy, I bring this up because you don't write an album called Cope dealing with those contexts without having some depth and some experience. And if you interpret his writing like I am, he was really struggling with exactly what we're describing. Like there's good ways we cope and bad ways we cope. And I think if you just look, first of all, at kind of psych 101 at this topic, there is emotional coping, how we think of things, and then there's actual problem solving coping. What do we do about this thing with which is causing so much stress that we need to cope? And uh, you know, to your death of denial, uh, that is certainly one of the worst which is to just ignore it. And psychologists call this positive toxicity uh, or uh, you know, some kind of misplaced positivity that, oh, we're just gonna pretend like nothing's wrong. We'll just like, we'll just be happy and, and everything will be okay. And that's not really coping in a positive way. So when things really go south in the weeb ecosystem like how do you deal with stress or disappointment yeah. or trauma yeah um you know it, that's a good question um you know i would say my initial reaction you know my default is to want to shut down um completely kind of just completely internalize completely shut down block everybody out um, you know, and, and run through that vicious circle of frustration and, uh, you know, being very self-aware of what you're doing and, and, you know, how negatively this is even affecting people around you. You know, I would certainly say, you know, that has been, you know, my default for, you know, many, many years. And it's part of the reason why, you know, I went to therapy, uh, for, for quite some time to, to work through a lot of that kind of internalization, um, and, you know, being more comfortable with, understanding the emotions and, and, um, you know, where they might be coming from and, you know, that it can be okay to shut down for a time if that's what is needed to understand my thoughts and emotions better, but it does have to then come back around to that positive side of coping where, you know, that needs to be shared with 
you know, whom, you know, whomever's the closest. And I mean, that's typically Steph. Um, and, and so I would say that has been the work I have been putting in and, and working on and not just having that negative side, but having that balance of negative and positive, because, you know, what that was doing was just creating this uh, milieu of, of, you know, self-hate and depression and frustration where, now, when you have that that yin and that yang, you know, you're really able to balance that out. You're able to, um, you know, work through those emotions, understand those emotions a lot better. And just you know, from what I've found, like <laughs> the more and more you can do it, the easier it gets. And I find that you know I can handle a lot more adversity than I used to be able to just because I've been able to bring about that positive side of coping, you know, within to, you know, my realm of being a human. We kind of just went full circle through the whole clinic of what to not do and what to do. You know, when you started saying you withdraw, uh, those you kind of listed like the next two or three things not to do, you know, isolate, repress, withdraw, uh, because I mean, yeah, we're, you're dealing with something that is best dealt with, with support. And so to, to, to go to the problem solving side, because the emotion, it doesn't mean that you just leave the emotion to the problem solving side. There's still an emotional way to do this properly. And it's very process oriented. It's okay. I feel this. It's real. It's, it's disappointment or frustration or a very serious change in my life. And like, I need to, give myself the time and the space and maybe the external support to literally cope with this. It's, it's not, again, I have to reiterate, it's not coping as like, I'm just putting it to the side. It's, it's really dealing with it. Um, so it's, I also think there has to be something on the other side of the ledger because the, the how to, how to attack the problem, which could be very, very pragmatic. It's like, well, here's a very bad thing that happened. How do I take care of this? Here's what I can do today. I need to make this one phone call or I need to have this conversation with this person to apologize or ask for clarification or I need to do this. Like the deeper you dig into that thing, most of the time we realize, wow, like it's resolved now. I don't have to cope with anything because it's taken care of. Uh, but when we sit there and ruminate on it, it gets horrible. But I have to bring back up Schopenhauer. I think it was him who talked about expectation, which is also one of my just intellectual schemas. Whenever I start to think in terms of am I happy or not happy or whatever, it's always whatever I expect versus what I get that distance between those two is my level of contentment. And so maybe I'm just expecting the wrong things. And you know, I have a tattoo on this side of my arm that says, I hope for nothing. I fear nothing. I am free. Uh, and I wanted to get the citation right. That's what I was looking down. I wanted to make sure I knew it was, it was how to pronounce his name. It, it's Nikos Kazantzakis, a, a kind of a modern 20th century Greek philosopher. It's tremendous writings on other things. Hmm. But again, think of that. It's so important to me. I have it on my body. I hope for nothing. It sounds kind of nihilistic, right? Like, I fear nothing. I am free. How do you get free? If I really don't have grandiose expectations, I can be happy and content with very little. I can be ecstatic when life goes beyond that. 
but dealing with a life that has just as much sorrow as elation, you're going to have a really tough road if you expect everything to always be roses. Yeah, it'll definitely put you, you know, on your ass. And, um, you know, Steph and I were kind of just actually talking about this uh, recently. And, you know, for her, she is such a go-getter, like very accomplished throughout her life. Hasn't failed much, but for a reason. It's not like she's fallen into it. Um, and, you know, recently there's been just, you know, an event in in her life where, you know, things haven't gone the way she expected. And it, it has been, it has been tough. Um, and, you know, just, you know, seeing that and, you know, just being able to, you know, have that full understanding where like, this is kind of the majority of life. Like it's, it's just going to be hard. It's going to be tough you're probably going to have more fails than, you know, major successes in, you know, those grandiose terms of maybe our expectations. And so, yeah, being able to, you know, lower those expectations, but still hold yourself to a high standard, right? It kind of feels like a, again, like a misnomer where it's like, well, I can be completely content with a little, that doesn't mean that we're, you know, not continually striving to to become better and, and to do more. It's, you know, being content within the moment of what you currently have and what, you know, is currently available to you. And so, yeah, just even being able to kind of, you know, see this in, in real time and, and, you know, watch someone, you know, who, you know, I've known her for 12, 13 years now, you know, go through this transformation process of, of how to, you know, learn to cope with failure in a, in, in both ways, you know, has been really intriguing because I, you know, I went through it myself earlier this year. So we're very happy. We both didn't hit this at the same time. Um, but, you know, being able to be on both sides of it uh, within the span of, you know, kind of a year, it has been, it's been very interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, I think what I've, what I've really found is, you know, as much as it's been, you know, negative and, some days have been, you know, quite tough emotionally, you know, there's been weeks, you know, you keep showing up, we keep communicating, you know, with each other, you keep showing up for each other, you, you know, you continue to remind yourself of that. And, you know, this, what, you know, we've been able to learn about ourselves, you know, how we've been able to grow together separately, all of that kind of stuff, like has taken us to a whole nother level. So I think, it's always so important to remember and to have the expectation that it isn't going to be easy, but if you can continue to kind of show up each day, you know, the fruits of that labor are just going to be, you know, they, they can't not, not be astounding. You know what I mean? Like you're going to learn something and you're going to get something positive out of it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. You brought up my last two points, which are, there is going to be coping. You're going to have to cope period. And the the thing that you just said about becoming stronger through it is how we understand weightlifting and sport and competition is you grow through resistance. And so you shouldn't hope for, you know, an easy life that's going to get you nowhere, except that's just going to make you weaker. And so I was, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine this morning, and I said, you know, I feel happier and more balanced and, and able to kind of shut down work and, and just do the things that I need to without as much turmoil and stress as in other parts of my life. And part of it is because I have literally lived a lot of shit storms. I've, I've worked through those things. 
but at the same time, I was raising four kids. I was growing companies. I had a lot of people to be responsible to and for. I had you know two hundred you know or more licensed clinicians at one time, uh, you know who needed my support. I had two to three hundred clients at a time. I am scaled back in all of those things, and so it is simply easier for me now. So to your point about going through a lot of stuff with a child and you know two, two people working on their occupations you're in the middle of the hardest part of life, you know, statistically that shows and people's contentment really starts to sink right where you are. And then right where I'm at, it comes back up and peaks. And so there's that kind of a context, which is one of the things that you opened up with is that, you know, you're going to face different things and there's not a right or wrong answer. There's just, I'm going to deal with this well, or I'm not, I'm going to cope well, or I'm not. Yeah. It's funny that you said that because, that's what there was something we were even talking about as well. I was like, life's like been so easy. I was like, yeah, I don't think, you know, life is like that. The percentages are starting to swing the other way. Like, you know, it's just going to be the law of averages. Like the longer period you go with some, you know, things being great, higher chance that something bad is coming right around the corner. Right. So the worst for you is ahead. I'm afraid to tell you. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, whatever you're going through now, be, be happy that that's strengthening you for what's to come. For sure. For sure. And again, like, and I think that's very much how, you know, I try and look at it and, and I try not to get too high, too low, try and stay a little bit more settled, let things roll off the back a little bit more because yeah, it, it is just going to get harder. It is just going to be more difficult, man, settle, you know, settle in, you know, hopefully you got another 60 years of this of just grinding, you know, each day away. So yeah, you know, really being able to, again, you know, coming back to enjoying, you know, the present moment and then, you know, presently what you have and being content, but still striving to be better. Like that's that, you know, that back and forth. So I'm going to wrap up with this. Another conversation I had today with a friend. Uh, I have such good friends. I get to have all these great, great <laughs> yeah. deep conversations. But um, I, I, as we were talking about this, as it was on my mind to prepare for this, um, I, I said, you know, I wouldn't be the person I am academically or intellectually without the physical pursuits I have engaged in. And our fitness community, our hard charging competition community, we're already doing something so helpful in that we have an outlet. You know, a coping mechanism we have is the biological and the psychological release of going into a gym and just pouring it out. Like, you know, if not that, what are you going to do? Just punch a wall? Are you going to like, you're going to, you're going to have some outlets because that's part of our biochemistry. And sometimes that's repressed, as I said, and, and it just festers inside because you're isolating. It is so healthy to have these outside pursuits, uh, both intellectually and physically, where you just have other things. You can, you can at least take those problems that you're trying to cope your way through and put them on pause. Or maybe you're kind of sorting them out in your brain as you're on the treadmill. And there's so much that goes through that reciprocal neurological stimuli, you know, the, the mind muscle connection, so to speak. Yeah. Um, it's, there's, a, there's a real synchronistic, you know, help there that we're not going to go into a totally different topic. Um, but man, you are doing more for yourself than you think just by taking care of yourself physically in your ability to manage life's downtimes. Yeah, uh, I can't give you a number on how many 
tings or, you know, little light bulbs go off just in the middle of a workout, you know, the things are just running on a subconscious level. Things I've been thinking about, you know, for however much, you know, time and middle of a set or, you know, resting in between a set It's like, Oh, okay. Like it just kind of bubbles to the surface. So yeah, I think there's something to be really said about, you know, having some type of physical pursuit where you you can maybe just allow that subconscious mind to, to kind of give you that answer. I, I, everybody says that even academics who aren't into the kind of training that we are. I've talked to writers who are like, you know, who are just, they'll just go for a walk. Like they're not people who train and like, Oh yeah, that was my greatest book idea I ever had was on that walk. It's oxygen. First of all, you can't, you can't have an active brain without oxygenation, but there's something about, again, the sympathetic nervous system being stimulated and in this groove of synchrony, so your subconscious can kind of coast along those waves. And, and again, I'm, I'm not explaining it with the type of context it needs, but that's real. Like that's a very biophysical thing. And I guarantee, dude, I, I mean, I have a notepad in my gym just for that reason. Like the best ideas I have come then. Yep. Yeah. I've, I've done like I'd say I'm on my phone. I've got like a notepad and it's just like literally de- ideas I've had at the gym and it's, it's full. <laughs> it's stress relief. That's part of yeah. coping. But anyway, thanks. I, I knew you would really like this because it's something that you've, you thought about and worked through as well, Tyler. And those of you guys who watch and listen again, thanks for some of your comments. Uh, had, had a great comment from, from a listener here recently as well. And uh, some of these ideas come from those discussions afterwards. So keep those up guys. And we'll see you next time in the Mind Muscle Connection.